You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Mock Draft Monday and we are going to live up to that billing. We just started a three-round rookie Superflex mock that's going to pop up on the screen in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, I am joined today by Dennis. How are things in Ohio? Man, it's cold as hell in Ohio. I had to drive up to Mansfield today, and it was snowing up there in the mountains of Ohio. It was crazy. I came into my studio. It was warm last week. I turned off my ambient heat. It's like 50 degrees in here right now. It's good for my arthritis, but I don't know. We're enjoying like our last uh, big warm day before uh, the weather is supposed to turn. So it's like 80 degrees today. Not that I've experienced much. Uh, you know, my first day back in the office after vacation was just about what you'd expect your first day back in the office after vacation. I saw my desk a lot. I didn't see a lot of anything else. Mm-hmm. But we are happy that you are joining us. Uh, Matt is off today. If you've been watching him, he's been covering the Elite 11. So if you want to get some Elite 11 hop scoop, uh, head to campus2canton.com and you'll be able to see some videos and articles that he posted there. He will be back with us on Friday. But for now, are you ready for this draft? Man, I am ready. I took the back end so I could uh, uh, sort of get a feel for how the board was going to fall. Yep. So you can see uh, we, we went ahead and got started. I set the clock, the timer at five minutes. We, uh, we put it out there. Big thanks to everybody that uh, jumped in to participate in the mock. I kicked things off at the one oh one. I took uh, Brees hall. This is a super flex mock. Um, I would probably take hall. Uh, regardless of the format. Um, you know, I think he kind of established himself there uh, at, after the combine as kind of the clear uh, number one running back. I feel like even though it's super flex, uh, that felt like a better pick to me. But what do you think about uh, my my decision there? Yeah, I, I, he's kind of becoming the default Uh he did what we expected at the combine. You know, he ran fast. He caught the ball well. Uh, he looks strong. He's got good size. I'm not concerned with whether or not um, 
he'll land somewhere uh, that's going to be detrimental to him. Uh, he's coming out. He's the number one guy in the class for fantasy. And uh, well, they didn't like that picket pick there. Um, Apparently. Yeah. So, but no, I love Brees Hall. I think he's going to be a stud. And he's kind of like 90% of Jonathan Taylor is how I feel. Because you know, when you see him run and you look at him, he kind of has that same look. But it's really hard to sort of say anybody's Jonathan Taylor-esque. I think you'll catch a lot of flack when you start making those kinds of comparisons. You know, Then we had Halsey go off the board with Malik Willis. It's a super flex. So the quarterback went – the best quarterback in the yeah. draft went at two. So I, I think that's kind of how it's going to fall pretty much – in every draft, you know, there'll be some people I think that, you know, may decide to go wide receiver. I don't think another quarterback um, is going to surpass Willis just because of Willis's ceiling. He may be a little to a lot more raw than some of the other guys, but you're drafting on the uh, um, potential there with Malik Willis. Yeah, and so I, I agree. I think he's kind of settled in to be the top quarterback prospect. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a team like Carolina or uh, somebody take him early. Um, he might have one of the, you know, if he ends up in the right spot, he might end up starting early for you. But that seems like the, that's kind of settling in to be the top quarterback. And then I think we're seeing this This seems to be a egg. You know, I think the ADP on this is not reading that I put it on a rookie draft, but um, you know, it seems like what this is a stronger wide receiver draft, and um, so you're seeing that Garrett Wilson, Drake London go three four. What do you think about the pickups there? You know, I think they're they're probably going to be the top guys, though. I'm starting to come back around on Traylon Burks. Um, you know, I'm admittedly team big wide receiver, and he is the guy, him and London are the two guys that sort of fit that mold here, um, are Burks and uh, London. So I don't, I, I don't hate it. I think I'm, I'm starting to come back around to, if I don't get Wilson, I'm probably going Burks over London right now um, at that point. But I'm really into Kenny Walker as well. I don't know if I'd take a, another quarterback maybe until – like we had Sam Howell went at 108. At seven or eight, I think is probably where I'm going to start looking uh, at a second uh, at the second quarterback off the board. Um, see, we had after after London, it went Pickett, Kenny Walker, Jamison Williams, Sam Howell. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. This quarterback class, I feel like, kind of has uh, has split people and and polarized people uh, just a little bit. Um, you know, I have been up and down on Pickett. I've kind of slid him back, but at the same time, it seems like what you're hearing is he will end up being uh, a guy that goes in the first round. And if he gets that kind of draft capital, I can see, um, you know, taking him somewhere up here, but you know, this is quite the, it feels quite a different situation than when the Superflex drafts last year, you never really went a draft without seeing the big five quarterbacks go somewhere in the first round, usually in the top nine or 10 picks. You know, if you manage to get a, a Mac Jones was usually the fifth down there. If you managed to get him at the turn at 12 or 11, you felt like it was a victory this year. It does feel like you have a better chance. There's probably six quarterbacks uh, that are worth considering. It feels like you have a better chance of getting someone in the second round. It's also interesting with running backs. I would be curious to see how uh, this group views running backs. Once we get past um, Hall, Walker and Spiller, we've seen Hall and Walker go uh, Spiller still out there. Um, a lot of receivers still out there. Actually, I just check the updated pick. Yeah, I, I like, uh, I, I like Spiller. Okay. I'm sitting here at 111. Uh, Traylon Burks and Chris Olave went 9 and 10. Uh, mm -hmm. I kind of moved back. I, I took 11. I wanted to see if I could get Burks to fall to me there because he has been falling. 
uh, a lot. But like I said, I think he's starting to make his way back up the board. From a quarterback perspective, you know, I'm Howell over Pickett. Um, I, I like Sam Howell's game. Um, you know, they both started a lot of games in college. They bring a lot of the same types of tools uh, to the game. Uh, I just, I don't know. I Howell is kind of my guy in this draft. Uh, I am starting to come around on Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. So I I think, you know, I'm in 20 dynasty leagues and most of them are super flex. So I think I'll find myself starting to take, to sort of, you know, diversify my picks in the back half of the first, early second. So I think I'll get some shares of, of all of the quarterbacks um, in that range. So sitting here, so recapping, we got Brees Hall, Malik Willis, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, Jamison Williams. You know, Williams is is rising. He's, you know, he was really good. I think he's, you know, JWAC has got him at the top of his list mm-hmm. there. And I think uh, he's probably pretty happy getting uh, Jamison Williams at 107 as the third wide receiver when that's his first wide first wide receiver in his rankings, I believe. Um, but sitting here, uh, let's see, where did I leave off? Williams, Ben Sam Howell, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave. So it, for me, really, it's kind of Isaiah Spiller, Matt Corral, George Pickens. Um, those are probably the guys I'm looking at right now. Um, I feel like Kyron Williams is starting to rise back up. Uh, he showed out well at his pro day. Uh, somebody questioned. I did. Uh, I'm in a, another mock draft that's a slow draft, uh, and I took Kyron at the 204. And somebody was uh, pretty um, surprised that I went that high with him. But I think as my RB five, I'm okay with uh, Williams being there. Um, I'm going to stick with the uh, quarterback here and go with Matt Corral. Um, uh, I think that you know it is a super flex draft. This late, Pickens has some injury concerns. Spiller, you know, he's he's not as fast as I think we we thought he was. Um, and I'm going to take the shot in a super flex here on Matt Corral. Yeah, and I think that that's a pick that makes sense. Um, you know, usually if you're picking at the end of a round, unless you traded in there, presumably your team did well um, before. So you can usually absorb having a little bit of a time, you know, if a corral goes somewhere and doesn't start right away to build some depth, hopefully, you know, you can patch over that. <laughs> George Pickens goes um, a pretty good pick. Isaiah Spiller still on the board. It kind of surprises me a little bit that we haven't seen all of the top three running backs go in the first round. What do you think about that? I'm sorry. I was reading a comment. What'd you say? <laughs> I said it surprised me a little bit that we haven't seen um, Spiller go uh, yet because in most of the mocks and things I've looked at, the top three running backs go somewhere in the first round. Yeah, I think uh, – y- y- Pickens is starting to rise. I he probably would have went if I had um, not taken Matt Corral. Um, I kind of feel like that's that kind of threw the monkey wrench into it. I don't know. I'm not quite as high on Olave as others, so I could have. It wouldn't have surprised me to see um, Spiller go over Olave, Corral, or Pickens at this point. So we have a couple of comments. Uh... Joseph Pellegrino put Howell as QB1. I am on the clock, uh, so they're waiting for me to pick. Uh, Justin and, wants you to not make him take Spiller. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, uh, I agree with this too, Debbie Forum. Spiller is a big time faller. Never uh, would have fallen to second pre combine. That's probably true. Um, you know, it does seem like the combine really boosted. Uh, Brees Hall and Hurt, probably Spiller the most. Uh, for me, if you're picking at 101, I got Brees Hall uh, to start. Usually, if you're picking at the top of the draft, again, unless you trade it into it, you probably uh, don't have a great team. And in Superflex, that usually means you need quarterback help. I'm actually going to go with Desmond Ritter here. Um, he's a guy that I I kind of like. Uh, you know, I maybe it's I've spent too much time with Bruning. But, um, you know, I feel like 
he's a guy that if he gets drafted into the right situation could have a chance to play. Um, it's probably the best of the quarterbacks that are left uh, and feels like the right move there. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, you know, it's Spiller. We were so Kyron Williams is a little bit ahead of the curve when it compares to um, Isaiah Spiller. Williams is kind of settling back into his uh, pre-combine ranking. And I think Spiller is going to do the same as the pre-draft process continues to play out. Uh, I think he'll move back up into the the first round. I do think he's RB3 in this class. Um, And, uh, you know, I was listening to the Dynasty Nerds podcast last week, and uh, I I think it might have been – I forget which one of them said, but basically there's three tiers of one to start off the running back rankings. There's Brees Hall. He's a tier. There's Kenneth Walker. He's a tier. There's Isaiah Spiller in a tier. And then, then you've got a group of guys that make up tier number four. And, and I feel like that is probably accurate. Uh, Kenneth Walker just seems to run with a lot more um, power uh, compared to Spiller, Spiller's a little upright when he runs. Uh, he's he is a little bit bigger. I mean, Walker's only what five nine and a half. So, yeah. so when we see Isaiah Spiller does go right after me. I'm sorry, Holsey. I I I didn't uh, go with the double running back stack. It was tempting, uh, but then uh, so he picks up Spiller. What do you think of the the top two? You know, usually teams picking at the top of the draft are teams that need help. Both. Uh, both of us uh, have a running back and a quarterback. Uh, how do you think that's played out? Well, uh, I, you know, you got the better running back and he got the better quarterback. So it's, it's, a, it's tough because when you're rebuilding, ideally you probably are looking at wide receivers um, just because the shelf life is so much longer but there isn't, I don't think there's a wide receiver that warrants going that high. I think the three, four, five range, I'm sure there'll be some drafts out there that have, you know, uh, probably Garrett Wilson or maybe even Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks if they continue to rise back up to their, uh, to, to the earlier rankings. But it's just, you, you have to take the best players. Uh, I was listening. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier I had to drive up to Mansfield and I was listening to Jeff Erickson on the radio. And he said, look, when you draft, what do he say? When you draft for need, instead of taking the best available player, you create situations where you're continuing to have to draft for need. So I, I would probably, I, I don't hate either one of these. I think both of them uh, are good with with Hall and Ritter or Willis and Spiller. I think those are those are both nice starts to a rookie draft. What's going to be interesting to me with these uh, running backs is to see where they end up landing because a lot of the teams that felt like they were kind of obvious in, in need of running backs where it might have been a good spot through free agency may have not gotten you know a, a great bell cow back, but have put in so many running backs that would kind of make you nervous. Like in Atlanta, they, they added Damian Williams. They still have Mike Davis. They added back Cordero Patterson, Miami went and got most certain Edmonds to add to Gaskin and Salvon Ahmed. You know, those are a couple places pre free agency that I would thought, Oh man, if they get a, you know, if they go for one of these running backs, that'd be a great spot. But is there spots that you would like to see some of these guys fall? You know, Atlanta could use a running back, and they they've got you know you know Patterson is a nice story, but he's 31, 32 years old. Um, you know, they've Damian Williams is thirty years old now, uh, but they're not really a team that is in a position to start building uh, to start competing. They have they're going undergoing a significant rebuild, so taking a running back early uh, before probably the third round is probably not a great move. I think Seattle could probably use one. I don't know if Carson's going to come back off that uh, neck injury. That that makes me nervous. 
uh, to the point where like I won't even draft him right now. Uh, I just it, don't know what's happening there. Um, and then Rashad Penny, as much as I'm a Penny truther, and I want to believe, man, that was just, it was five games is all it was. It was just five amazing games. And I just don't know if I can trust him any more than I can trust Pete Carroll. You know, it, it was a nice story for James Conner in Arizona, but I, I don't know if he's got, uh, if his durability issues are going to, you know, be behind him. So there's not a lot of places to go where a running back is going to have a clear path to opportunity. I think some will step up and take a role and carve it out just by being better in practice. But I don't know that there's anywhere I say, I want, I want a running back to lay in there pretty much other than Atlanta. Or Texas, yeah. Houston. Houston's another one. I know. It, it seemed like Houston was kicking the tires on um, your old buddy from the Colts, Marlon Mack. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see where that goes. So uh, I mentioned Spiller went at 202, then Christian Watson, 203, Sky Moore, uh, whose stock uh, really rose. Another riser from the combine went 24. Uh, Jahan Dotson at 2-5. Trey McBride, our first tight end, off the board at 2-6. Uh, Damon Pierce at 2-7 went to uh, Jared, took him. Justin Ross, another interesting one who's kind of coming off some injuries. Be curious to see where he ends up uh, going in the draft. But he goes at 2-8 for us. Then Rashad White at 2-9. Uh, was it James Cook? I forgot to look. Yeah. I think it's James Cook, 210, yeah. and then now you are on the clock. So what are you thinking with your second pick? You took Matt Corral with 111. Well, my second pick is is made for me. I'm you know, I was talking earlier about uh the post-draft stuff kind of coming into play. Now we're catching back up. So for me, Kyron Williams is going to be the be the guy. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and hop on this DraftKings read. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still join in the college pools or college hoops action with DraftKings pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in prizes. Simply join a pool, answer questions like who will make the next round, who will hit the most three pointers, and then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 and older, restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777. Visit http colon backslash backslash ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867 in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 
or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 21 or older, 18 or older in New Hampshire and Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See http colon backslash backslash draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Now, where'd my guy go? <laughs> there it is. Debbie to Dynasty is enjoying his uh, picks from the ninth spot, Traylon Burks and Rashad White. Pretty good in there. <laughs> All right. So I took Kyron Williams. At 211, I'll take Kyron Williams every day. So almost done with the second round. Oh, now we are Samir White. So. Obviously, uh, you know, talked about there's probably only six quarterbacks you would cons, you know, at this point in time, unless something fun happens at the NFL draft, that I would consider the last of those Carson Strong still on the board here at 301. But I already took Desmond Ritter, I took Brees Hall. I am going to go ahead and go with wide receiver David Bell. You know, I was considering Bell because again, he's another faller, but he was a great producer. Uh, in college, and there's a there's a spot in the NFL for a, a guy that can get open, even if he runs a four six forty at a wide receiver. And and Bell is a good size guy. He's not real small. He's over six foot, over two hundred pounds. Um, if Williams wouldn't have been there, uh, and James Cook wouldn't have been there, then Bell would have probably been my pick. Yeah, it does work out, you know, the way some of these things are falling. It's interesting to see um, how different people are uh, appraising this. I feel like we're at the point in time kind of in this process where you're used to the values that you have and, and maybe the people you spend the most time with. Um, Matt and I have been doing uh, mock drafts and rookie mock drafts together Um for almost two months now. So I feel like I have an incredible idea of what he thinks and what some of the campus Canton guys think uh, because of the, the slack in there that we're, we're in together and looking at what they have. And it's been interesting to see how other people are appraising things. And that's really, for me, when you end up doing your own rookie draft, you come in with this idea of where everyone's supposed to go. And it's about a little bit about reading uh, the people um, that you're drafting with. It's very much about that. If you know your league, like I think people in drafts, like in rookie drafts, people knew that it was going to have to be really, really late for me to draft Will Fuller. I was vocal <laughs> about um, that. I just didn't think he could catch the ball. Uh, you know, he's got terrible hands, which is crazy when you think about my love for Marquez Valdez Gantling. You know, it seems like they're, they're the same guy, just a couple inches different in height. Um, but for whatever reason, man, I just couldn't buy into Fuller. But, you know, this draft, for all it's kind of made out to be not a great draft, you know, looking at uh, Big Cat at three, he got Garrett Wilson, who's going to be a, a really, really good receiver at the NFL level. He can separate. Christian Watson, who is uh, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling clone, Unless he shakes off his drops, he's going to be that guy that does that. Big, tall, fast, uh, with questionable hands. And then Brian Robinson, there's some people starting to come around on Robinson. He kind of came into the combine as your quintessential plotter. Uh, he looked good at the senior bowl, but, you know, he's 37 years old. He's been playing the game for a while. He's chiseled. You know, he, he looks like uh, – a and he's big, you know, he was one of the biggest backs. But he's starting to catch a little bit of uh, momentum right now. So he can play well. So coming out with Wilson, Watson, and Robinson, you could end up – I don't think Robinson is quite at the level athletically of, say, James Conner. But I could see him kind of being that kind of back, you know, a tough punishing runner that might rack up some touchdowns and, you know, be a 900-yard rusher with volume. Yeah, 
it's going to be interesting. I, I'm to the point too where I'm getting kind of excited to see where some of these players land. Um, you know, where they get taken in the draft. Do they go higher than we're expecting? Do they go lower than we're expecting? It seems like, um, you know, a lot of the mock drafts I've looked at and a lot of the ones we've done, you don't really see running backs going, um, you know, up in the first couple of rounds. So where where do guys end up falling? I think we're probably in for a huge wide receiver run in the first round, especially with some of the player movement that's bounced around. You would figure a Green Bay uh you know, will go against their nature and it uses at least one of their first round picks to get a receiver. I would still think even after the signings they made, Kansas City would want to get one. We know the Jets have really been trying to get in the market to pull a wide receiver. If they don't pull one there, are they a candidate to get one at 210? Houston, probably a candidate. So it's going to be fascinating to see where where some of these guys land. I think we could end up with quite a few receivers going in the first and second rounds of the draft. Where has John Metchie been going in your drafts you've been doing? Rookie drafts? We've, yeah. You know, Matt or even, believe... the, even the NFL drafts you've been doing. Have, have you been going deep enough that Metchie makes it in? No. You know, we've been doing two rounds uh, for both formats, and um, I think I took him once late in the second round but uh, of the NFL uh, mocks that we've done. Uh, but – Matt has him quite a bit lower in his rankings, so I think that's probably why he hasn't gone as as often. Yeah, I I felt like he was going to get a lot more buzz than he has, but he seems to after uh, I think he got injured right uh, in the mm, yeah at the I'm end of the sure. season, and then he just hasn't garnered the same type of buzz of somebody like a Drake London. Um, and he was having a, a, a really, really good season. So uh, I think he's somebody that we might be sleeping on both in the NFL draft and in rookie drafts. <clears throat> it's interesting. The Nuggets took two tight ends, Trey McBride and Jelani Woods in the second and the third round. My, my struggle with tight ends is there's they just aren't quite – they don't produce soon enough. And I know it's dynasty. We got to be patient. And everybody wants to uh, get the next uh, Kyle Pitts. But, you know, I'm – they're just sort of – it's a, like Woods is so tall. Is he an enigma because he's so tall and athletic? Is You know, everybody wants that basketball player – turn tight end. And then McBride, he's just barely 6'4", I think. That's not very big. Uh, so it's like the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I struggle. I, I've i started to fall into the, the habit of I don't really draft a tight end. I wait a couple years till they're in the NFL, and then I kind of roll the dice. The downside of it is uh, I don't I – don't, very often end up with uh, guys like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, you know, because I'm not, I'm not drafting them very early. I'm not drafting them in rookie drafts and I'm a little late to the table when it comes to trading for them in established leagues. So I end up with a lot of guys like, you know, Robert Tunyon and, and, and whatnot like that. Uh, this year, uh, David Njoku seems to be my guy. <laughs> Uh, John Mechie tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. So that was in December. It might be a little bit of the reason um, why he slid a little bit. You know, you would think in that range of time, maybe he's ready at the beginning of the season, maybe not. We've seen um, that's not too far off the range of time when um, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. And I know there's been some some question about whether he'll be ready to come back. Debbie, did I see liked uh, David Bell at the third round ADP? I did too. I was uh, a little surprised he fell there. And uh, I guess I wasn't the only one that caught your description of Brian Robinson as being 37 years old. Just call him uh, like I see him. No, and honestly, I. so if we apply the hashtag two to three year window to running backs, 
being an older running back, as long as they're talented, doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. In Dynasty, with few exceptions, the running back position is all about the first contract. We want running backs on their first contract. When they're getting close to the end of the first contract, you know, year three, year four, uh, we're shipping them off and going younger running back in, in Dynasty if, if we're being successful. So I, I don't get I'm not getting overly wrapped up if I've got a running back coming out of college at 22, 23 years old, if he's been very productive. Now, Robinson was productive last year, but the other four years he was in college, he wasn't very productive. Now, Alabama's put a lot of running backs into the NFL and by and large, you don't get a huge, huge workload. Um you know, they tend to spread it out because they get so many talented backs. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen um, Robinson get a little more work early in his career than he did. Uh, that would make me feel a little more comfortable. But in the third, fourth round, I'm okay taking the shot on Robinson. Yeah, and we saw, uh, you know, we saw too Carson Strong, probably the, the sixth quarterback off the board last all the way to 3-7. Um, be curious to see kind of where he lands in the NFL draft. Could end up being great value. Could end up, uh, you know, being a guy you don't see play. And then another guy who I think fell a little bit uh, after the combine of measurements, Wandale Robinson, uh, goes at 3-8. What did you think of that value? Um, It could be good. I mean, I'm probably not going to take him before that. He, he measured so much smaller. I mean, it's one thing to fudge it by an inch or two. You know, Drake London was listed at 6'5". He checked in at 6'3 and a half. That's something. But Robinson was listed at 5'11 and checked in at barely 5'8". You know, that's a big drop-off. Um, I, I think he has – he feels like a slot receiver, productive guy a Cole Beasley type with a, a little bit of a little bit of speed to him as well. Um, but I don't know if he's, you know, he's feels like he's destined to have a wide receiver, low end wide receiver three ceiling, but be more so in that wide receiver four range consistently. Yeah. It yeah. could, I mean, we've seen some smaller guys like Antonio Brown come out and, and have long productive stretches. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not terrible, but there's a lot of those kind of guys in this draft. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, you know, they're not very big. Uh, Chris Olave, it, it, it'll be interesting. Even Garrett Wilson, I think he's just barely. Him and Olave are both just barely six foot. Well, we're getting close to the uh, to the finish of our three rounds that we're going to do, uh, and. Now you are back up on the clock. Do you want to give a uh, recap of a couple picks before you? Yeah, we had uh, after Wandale Robinson, then Keontae Ingram and Kevin Harris went. Uh, Ingram might be a surprise. He can catch the ball pretty well. He's a big back. Um, you know, he transferred to USC and, and, and he was productive. So he's a guy that I could see coming in uh, as a later round pick, fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth round pick. And uh, you know, being a Chris Carson type, but with a little better hands, sort of moving into a uh, you know a guy that shows up to camp, just puts on his helmet and goes to work. And by the time they start the real games, he's you know playing 50, 60 percent of the snaps. And people are wondering where did this guy come from? Kevin Harris, he's a little different story. Was he? He's at South Carolina. Uh, he's a bruising back, uh, two down guy. I don't think he catches the ball terribly well, but he is a guy that could establish himself as a short yardage goal line, two down back. Uh, and if he can protect the quarterback, you know, we like to get wrapped up on running backs that catch the ball. But I think we saw last, the last couple of years in Dallas, for instance, um, and while Zeke can catch the ball real well, that it's every bit as important to be able to protect your quarterback on third down as it is to be able to catch the ball. Uh, actually, probably a better example of that is Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Uh, while Fournette catches the ball well, Fournette also protects his quarterback really well. And Jones is 
blown enough blocks that it is a uh, uh, that he doesn't that they don't like to have him in there on third down. I was kind of hoping that uh, the Carson Strong hate would be <laughs> pun intended strong with this group, and he would fall to me at eleven. Um, well, I know I took Matt Corral early. Uh, if I'm going with the uh, best player available sometimes uh, in a super flex, uh, I'm, I might take a shot on a second quarterback just to see if I can uh, hit lightning in a bottle and catch a couple good ones. Um, what I'm looking at here, we've got uh, Alec Pierce, Cincinnati, 6'3", 211, speedster. Uh, Jerome Ford, another Cincinnati guy. 510 almost 220 transferred out of Alabama because he wasn't getting playing time. It's kind of the opposite of Brian Robinson. Robinson stayed, Ford left. Ford got a lot of playing time. Um Jalen Tolbert, uh I think he's uh South Alabama if I remember correctly. Uh yeah. Let me look. Um 6 foot 6 1, good size. Um but I'm probably going to go uh out of this group. It really for me, it comes down to Alec Pierce and Jerome Ford. Um, and I'm going to apply the theory I was reading the other day, and I wish I could remember who was talking about it um, so I could appropriately credit them, but I was just reading it in passing. And the theory was that uh, late round, late fantasy drafted running backs have a better hit rate than late fantasy wide receivers. I don't know how late a third round is. Most of my drafts are five, some even six rounds. Um, but I'm going to go Jerome Ford. Um, I like his speed. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle to his game. Um, but he's a good running back. He, he He's a, a tough runner inside. He can catch the ball fairly well. And I think that uh, uh, if I'm going to – kind of stack up some positions late, uh, grabbing at the end of the third round, grabbing a running back like Jerome Ford uh, is is a good opportunity. And you were right. Jalen Tolbert is South Alabama. Well, Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And we get, uh, is it Pierre Strong? Pierre Strong? Pierre Strong out of yeah, South Pierre Dakota. Strong. To wrap it up, so that gives us uh, all of the picks. I'm going to let that take full screen so that uh, everyone can see it a little bit bigger. But what uh, what do you think of the draft overall? Only two tight ends go. Both went to the to the same guy. What do you think of this tight end class? I, I think there's a lot of potential, but I don't know. Um, again, you have to be patient with it. It's Going to uh, Antoine Pierce. I mean, Alec Pierce. Yeah, I thought it was Alec Pierce too, but well, I'm prepared to be wrong. Yeah, I'm not. Um, the uh, the tight end class is going to be weird. You know, Wiedermeyer being as slow and unathletic as he was in testing. People are going to have to put that aside and really look at the uh, um, game tape of him. You know, I know we've got a lot of game tape in the uh, Dynasty Nerds film room. And it ends up – sometimes people just don't measure well. We, we've seen occasionally somebody will overcome their athletic limitations and perform well um, at an NFL level. Not often, but it, it can happen. But we've also seen guys like um, late career uh, Jason Witt put up good numbers. And so, you know, there's and, – and he was by no stretch uh, an athletic miracle at the end of his career. So for me, it, that who's you know, there's one guy out there that I, that I keep missing um, that I, I've seen in some – NFL mocks, but not it necessarily. Um, I know, not necessarily uh, in. My, I'm just kidding, Joseph Pellegrino. I'm just kidding. 
Um, he said Joseph's really happy that uh, this wasn't his actual draft. Yeah. It seems like he got sniped in every round. Sometimes it's like that. Um, but the uh, shoot, now I lost my train of thought getting all talking to the the viewers and the participants. Oh well, <laughs> getting getting old is rough. Indeed. Uh, so how do you feel about your you you went out of the eleven spot? Let's say you were in the eleven spot. You end up with Matt Corral, Kyron Williams, and Jerome Ford. Feeling good? I I actually do like that draft. Um, with this draft being uh, a little more talented at the wide receiver position, I wouldn't have minded getting um, some exposure at that position. But it really came down to Pickens and his injuries versus Corral and his production um, at uh, at the college level is kind of really where it fell for me. And since it was a super flex draft, I did go with the quarterback over over the wide receiver. Uh, I do think Pickens is going to have a really uh, a really good year or a really good career. He's got a lot of ability. Um, <laughs> Kyron Williams, like I said, I feel like he's an early second round guy. And by the time our actual drafts roll around, uh, uh, unless he somebody catches him kicking a puppy or something, I don't think we're going to see him at the end of the second round. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty happy with my draft too. Brees Hall was kind of a no brainer for me at one on one, but then uh, for Ritter and Bell, it probably um, you know I'll feel either good or less good depending on you know the situations that they fall in because I, I think both have a chance that contri- could contribute or could end up um, buried somewhere. Is there any other uh, ones of the drafts that really kind of stand out to you? Um, it So it looked like JWAC kind of went with a, his guy draft. I think Jamison Williams fall into him and then uh, Damian Pierce. I know that they, they've uh, talked about uh, he's talked about um, both of those guys. Carson Strong to me is, you know, he's like the second coming of Matt Ryan uh, in, if I'm comparing him, he's not, not very mobile, good pocket mobility, but uh, because of his, his injury history, he's not definitely not gonna to run, but he's got a good arm and he reads defenses pretty well. I, I think, uh, but I think that his, Fantasy ceiling is going to be fairly limited um, unless he ends up on a team that just chucks the ball a ton. Uh, I like the trail on Burks, Rashad White, Keontae Ingram draft uh, from uh, uh, Matt Cooper. I thought that one was good. You know, I want to like Zamir White. I really do. But I feel like in, in the NFL – he's going to struggle to hold on to the ball. I I feel like with, I mean, his hands are as small as mine, maybe smaller. And I don't have very big hands. And I feel like that might be an issue for him. How about you? What, whose draft stands out to you? Yeah. Pellegrino's draft at one eight. It feels like an incredible, like upside draft. Um, You know, Howell, I like Howell too. I, it's hard to get a feel for where he ends up, you know, but if he ends up in a good situation, could could end up, um, you know, really delivering, which could be fun. Justin Ross, a guy we, we saw early in his college career, have production struggle with some injuries, but if he can bounce back healthy and find some place to get used, probably the same with Wandale Robinson, you know, measured pretty small, but if you get in the right system with the creative person that finds a way to get him the ball, it could work out, you know, obviously we saw last year didn't work out uh, with kind of a, a similar profiled player. Um, you know, Matt talked about Rondell Moore, you know, that had been kind of a, a hope for him and it didn't seem like Arizona could figure out how to use him. Um, so that's an interesting one to me. I, I liked the 102 also Halsey, you know, getting Willis, probably the top quarterback prospect. And then I think he ends up with pretty decent value with where Spiller falls. Um, you know, he's a guy that we talked about before the combine. A lot of people had him as their number one running back and kind of the, the top spot overall. And it seems like he really slid back a little bit, just almost by not 
performing there, you know, by not participating. Right. Well, it's oftentimes, you know, they'll go to the combine and perform fair to Midland. Then they ha- they'll go to their pro day and do well. So he started off poor at, his, at the combine and then said, hey, I'm done. And then he went to his pro day and still kind of sucked at his pro day. So it, I think he'll be fine. I, I do think he's going to be the third running back off the, the board. Um, and it may work in his favor that he gets an opportunity to go somewhere that's better for him. So, Well, I want to give a big shout out and a thanks to the 10 of you guys that jumped into the mock. It's always fun to get in there and start getting a feel. Uh, Draft draft season is almost upon us. The NFL draft uh, is literally, I think it's literally a month away, right? It starts April 28th. I think so, yeah. Uh, so we are literally one month from today, which is pretty exciting. Um, but any closing thoughts on the? Uh... Well, let's tell them about the Dynasty GM. I know a lot of these guys already know about it, but. Do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. The player shares tracker to keep track of your rostership. Get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE, that's all one word, ROUNDTABLE, for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle it with the Dynasty GM. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. All right. Well, that's going to bring uh, bring it to a close here for Mock Draft Monday. Hopefully we will get uh, maybe another Mock Draft of some sort in uh, next Monday on Friday. Matt should be well, back. Next, and- next Monday we have Eric Moody from ESPN on. That's right. I forgot. And so... Um, we will be mock asking questions, but there are several Mondays between now and the draft and afterward, but uh, we should be back on Friday and knowing the way this NFL offseason has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Atlanta Falcons just trade their entire roster to the Saints or something like that, but we right. will see what kind of NFL news comes, probably a little uh, deep dive into some more of the prospects. Until then, have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump the me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can't!